0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's uh we'll get into his word. So Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to worship. And thank you God just for the reminder as we were singing um you have given us life and and you deserve our praise and and uh, it's that it's that breath that you gave us that we want to praise you with. And so, Lord, I pray that um Not only would we sing songs, but our life uh, would sing of you and the way we live. And we just ask this morning, God, just uh, help us to be filled up with you, Lord. We want to be filled with your joy. Um, And uh, Lord, we uh, just—if any of us are in a having a difficult time right now, and uh, joy is not the word that would come to our mind as as about our lives, Lord, us pray that you would uh, minister. Uh, to those folks in a special way this morning that you would fill them up with you, let them see all that they have in you, in Jesus Christ, and um, supply them with what's needed. And um, Lord, you you know us, uh, you made us, and so Lord, we know that you know what we need. And um, thank you for the promise there in Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And how you you just supply our needs, the needs of your people. And so, or we commit this time to you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, if you have a Bible or you got a device and you want to follow along, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6. And um, the controversies continue. I don't know if you remember last time Jesus was starting to uh, ruffle the feathers of the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious people and uh which was not uncommon for Jesus to do that and um it wasn't like he was against you know uh religion per se as far as you know god uh, but he was really trying to show um the people that something new is happening he's on the scene the messiah is here and things are changing right and um, particularly the pharisees who had written all kinds of extra rules as to their interpretation of how to live out God's law okay and that's so that's extra biblical that's outside of what God has said so they were trying in their probably effort to try to make things easier on people they actually put heavy weights on them right you remember what Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's saying that in response to the people feeling the heavy weight of the pharisaical extra rules, right? As we talk about today, um, this, the Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath, that's the title uh, of the message. And we have two situations that happen on the Sabbath here and uh we're we're going to just take a look at how he uh tries to show that he is the authority that he can he can say what the intention of the sabbath was right and uh if if he wants to um modify the application of that and and also just to show that you know all all these extra rules that the religious leaders had come up with on, like, what you couldn't do on the Sabbath, right? He's just going to show them that that's that's not what it's about, right? Now, um, it wasn't too long ago we actually talked about this topic when we went through the Ten Commandments, so um, I'll mention some things about the Sabbath itself, but I don't want to, like, just redo that message, so if you're interested, you can go back and look when we did. Uh, The Ten Commandments, or the Ten Words, was the series title. We we covered um, the Sabbath uh, in great detail there. But let's take a look here in Luke chapter 6, the first five verses, um, as we look at uh, Sabbath controversy number one. All right, Sabbath controversy number one. It says, on a Sabbath, uh, while he was going through the grain fields, his uh, disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God, and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those with him. And he said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Okay, now, um, so the objection here was Um, you know, the Pharisees were saying, You guys, uh you're out there walking along, you and your disciples, and you're picking grain, right? Well, presumably they're hungry. Right? <laughs> I mean, why else are you gonna be doing that, right? Um and and they're just simply picking the heads of grain, you know, rubbing it between their hands, and they eat the grain. I mean, that's what they're doing. They had a need, and they saw how to meet it. And by the way, uh, I heard one person talking about this. He says, "Well, I call that theft, right? <laughs> like if you're going out somebody's field and they're picking their." But you know, there it was. It was uh, you're allowed to go along the edges of the fields, and if you were traveling through an area, you're allowed to pick their grain and. As you're traveling through, or if you were um, in a difficult situation, maybe you're a widow at that time and didn't have a means of income, you're allowed to glean from the edges of the field. That was certainly permissible. So, this wasn't about theft, okay? This was all about them doing this on the Sabbath, right? So, this is how nitpicky the Pharisees were. They were basically saying, well, if you pick those heads of grain and you do this, that's reaping and harvesting, and that's work. So that's, that, that met their, their definition, that's important, their definition of what work was, okay? And so they're saying that they violated the Sabbath. So what does Jesus do? Um, he basically says, um, well, what does he say? Haven't you read the Scriptures, right? And then he uses an illustration pointing back to David. There uh, in the Old Testament, as, as he and his men uh were uh they were being pursued and so um they were hungry and uh the priest allowed them to eat uh, the bread of the presence okay which uh, 12 loaves of bread that were changed out uh, uh you know and, and they they were allowed to eat that bread whereas it was only permissible according to the law for the priest to eat them right and so uh so Jesus is pointing to that Course, if you're if you're a good Jew, you're right, you're really not going to have a lot of bad things that you want to say about King David, right? He is uh your hero. And so Jesus is making an appeal and saying, you know, uh there was an exception in this case with David, um and and he's basically saying, and I am the Lord of the Sabbath, right? So I can decide if that's okay or not. Okay? I think he's really just Trying to show um, the Pharisees that once again he has authority to do this. Previously, think back what's been happening. Uh, almost every instance so far when he's had a confrontation with the religious leaders, it's about he has authority. He has authority to heal people. He has authority to forgive people. Now he, has, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He has authority to, to to say this is what the intention of this was. Right, um, and so um, now. Just a really quick background here on the Sabbath, right? Um, the Sabbath here—the origin of the Sabbath—goes all the way back to creation, right? God rested, right? He rested after he created, and so there was this. He set in motion, if you will, this pattern of work followed by uh, a day of rest, and and so um, and so it it came before even the law. This this way that God designed us, right? So um, God rested from his creating work and, and Sabbath was to be, to be a, a day of rest and the, the way it was instituted in, uh, with God's people was it started on Friday evening and went to Saturday evening. That was the initial Sabbath uh, uh, 24-hour period, Friday evening to Saturday evening. And so it, it was meant to be a time of rest in a time of reflection and renewal and refreshment. That was the intention. But um, if you start telling people all these things that they can't do that are extra biblical and you're the religious leaders telling them to do that, it's just, you know, Sabbath is just not really refreshing anymore. It just becomes like all these things that we can't do, right? So um, this was not the intention Right. God gave this uh, to people, Sabbath as, uh, it's supposed to be a gift. Sabbath uh, rest is supposed to be a gift for us to receive. And um, that's what it's supposed to be, but it had not become that uh, as things went along. And that's what we're seeing here with the, with the Pharisees. Um, now, um, I think for us, right, I, I think that the Sabbath principle is a good principle for us to to seek to observe, um, not in a legalistic way, but to see that God has not created us to be working all the time, right? And and just think about it. When you cease from work, you're trusting God that the work that you would have gotten done is not, you're not going to somehow negatively impact your life. He's in control. It's like it's it's a trust issue, right? Um, We entrust our days to the Lord, and so we if you if you have a time period or something that you have set apart for um, your own personal Sabbath, a time where you can rest and not do the normal things, but make sure that you're doing things that um, that kind of feed your soul, that feed your body, that you know just refresh yourself. And that's the biggest word I can think of is refresh, renew, reconnect with God. Um, you know, uh, so if if you you know, in my mind, this is just me, uh, I, I like to think of it as something, it's more than just my quiet time, I'll spend a little extra time with the Lord, but we do fun, we try, Linda and I try to do fun things on the days that we, and I say, well, this is the day that is a Sabbath for us, and this is not a Sabbath day for me, right, today, so uh, so we typically try to take Saturdays, but again, not in a legalistic way either. Uh, there are some days where we're, you know, we're doing other things that, you know, we got to do, so it's okay, it's cool. But um, I think the thing is, is that um, it's to be thinking about Sabbath as a gift from God, okay? And also that we want to try to, like, work with God's design, right? I mean, God knows us better than anybody because he's the one that made us, and he's like, if you, you can't just keep living 24-7, 365, work, 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 right? First of all, you're not trusting me to take that day or take some time. Uh, to just not work and to be present more with with the lord and and uh maybe with your family or you know loved ones there, and just to enjoy god 's creation maybe right um, maybe you 've discovered some things that you like to do that replenish you right well engage in those things on a time that you are designating as as a time of rest for you right maybe it 's Playing guitar, maybe it's singing songs. I don't know. Maybe it's just reading a good book. I don't know what it is, but you know, or maybe you can get about discovering what those things are. Some, you know, maybe it's walk taking a walk in the park if it's a nice day, and just uh, and just uh, enjoying God's creation. I don't know what it is. Um, it could be getting together with a, a close friend and hanging out at the coffee shop and just kind of downloading into each other's life. I think I think it's good if there is some kind of a god component to it, right? Where you're reconnecting with the Lord and re, being refreshed in him. But all this to say is that the Pharisees uh were just really um had gone off the deep end on these rules and in their in and it laid a heavy weight on God's people. And uh Jesus is saying, "I'm the Lord of the Sabbath." Um I want to take a, a couple minutes here and I want to look at, you know, sometimes when you do Bible study, or you're preparing to kind of communicate something, you'll you want to look up parallel passages, um, particularly when you're looking in the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there are some parallels. And and there are some phrases that are not in Luke's account, that are in some of in Matthew and Mark's account. I just want to look at it. It's kind of, I think, provides a little insight into some of what Jesus was saying. So notice in Luke, it's Jesus' response is, you know, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now let's back Go back one book to Mark, Mark's gospel, right before this one. And look in Mark chapter 2. Okay. And uh, Mark chapter 2 in verse 27. Here's this is something that's said in Mark's gospel that's not in Luke's. It says, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right? And so, have you ever heard, you know, the the phrase "the tail wagging the dog," right? Where that's not that's kind of backwards, right? Uh, the dog's supposed to be wagging the tail, not the tail wagging the dog, right? Well, and Jesus is saying the Sabbath is meant to be. Uh, again, I'll just kind of reword it. It's it's for it's for us. It's like a gift for us. Um, we're not supposed to serve the Sabbath and like oh, we got to make sure we do this and not that and that and that. That we are actually end up serving the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is to serve us, and so I thought that was just an interesting thing to kind of make sure you know G, you know what the sabbath he what Jesus said here in in um, what mark's rendition of this was um, and so and it was the it was the same scenario right because you look earlier in verse twenty three and it's about when they were out there going through the grain fields right now so Go to Matthew, then. Matthew chapter 12, and you'll see a similar passage. And uh, Matthew chapter 12, and and what I want to look at is starting in verse 6. Matthew 12, uh, starting in verse 6, 6 through 8, but 6 especially. He says, um, after he starts talking about um, the... Well, verse 5 says, Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? What is he saying there? Well, he's kind of saying what I just said. Well, this is not a Sabbath day for me. Like, you know, I'm working, right? I'm working. And so he's saying um, uh, Jesus here in Matthew's gospel is saying, Well, the priests, they're working, but they're, they're not considered guilty of violating the Sabbath, right? Um, that 's one thing that 's interesting that he says there, and then he says, um, verse seven of matthew twelve and if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice you you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath, and just again, you know the 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 Pharisees if you took the wrong view, you could see them as the ones like, they, they seem so religious. They seem like they wanted to just get it right. But they miss the idea of that. No, mercy is important, right? Loving people is important. And we're going to see that in the next part of our passage in Luke 6 today. Is uh, It's not about the, the keeping of the rules. We ought to find our rest in Jesus, right? That's where we need to find our rest, in Him. It's not in the keeping of, some extra rules that they came up with. So, um, so just a couple of of uh, reflections here. So, you know, Jesus saying he's the Lord of the Sabbath, right? He's the one that can say how this is going to go and how it should be applied. Um, and just think about this: Do you see the Lord? Do you see the Lord Jesus as the Lord of your life? That you know he would he would be the one to kind of dictate how you ought to live your life, right? Um, learning what he has to say in the scriptures about how he wants to live. That's, you know, think about, I know it's not a word that we use a lot today is that somebody would be Lord, Lord over you. And that's a strange thing. But what we're what we're doing is when, when we become a Christian, we put our faith in Christ, we're kind of, um, we're, we're also, we're receiving his gift of salvation. But I think also in the same breath, we're saying, Lord, I, w- I want to follow you. I want to I want to live your ways, follow you, right? I want to be one of your disciples, right? Disciples is a learner, right? And so part of that's going to be is that if you're going to be a learner, you have to submit to the teacher, right? You have to you have to listen to what he has to say and then take that to heart and then align our lives like with what he says, right? And um you know, I, I take, take that to the classroom. I, I try not to lord it over my students, certainly. But I do like to let them know, like, you know, and, and without trying to be like the old guy. I try to like say, well, you know, I've, I've having done this class a lot of times, I think that this is going to be most helpful for you. And if you would just trust me on that, right? Especially early on in the class, because they don't really know how it all goes and how it's supposed to work. And and particularly in the class I teach a lot is the philosophy behind the learn the way the learning goes. And I just say, just trust me. Just trust me on this, you know? And um and you hope that they do. Um because you want them to succeed. I mean, that's you know, that's what I want my students to succeed and do well. And so it, it's the same with the Lord, right? The Lord knows He knows us, He made us, He designed us, and so um you know, when, when we receive him as Savior, uh, we need to, you know, also just be thinking about um, that he's the Lord. Right? He's the Lord, and he, he deserves my worship and deserves my attention as to what he says and to take heed to what he says, right? Um, now, the other thing, this is a good question, uh, potentially, for some. Uh, do you find your rest in Jesus, or are you constantly trying to prove your worth to him? Do you find your rest in Jesus, or are you constantly trying to prove your worth to Him? And um, in any church, it doesn't matter what the size, there are people kind of on, on varying degrees, at one end of a spectrum or another, or somewhere between, where some are kind of more, you know, I'm so thankful for Jesus that He forgave my sins, and you know, I just don't have to worry about anything, and I'm definitely not on a performance trip. You know, uh, to earn God's love, and uh, and and I think that's a healthy thing. you know you know, we can't earn God's love. He, he demonstrated his love towards us, right, uh, by sending Jesus. Um, now, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have things for us to do, and it doesn't mean that obedience is is supposed to be optional, right as a believer. Um, and then, on the other hand, though, some people think that you know um, <clears throat> that okay. Jesus saved me, but, you know, I I need to make sure that I just do everything that he tells me. And if I misstep, I'm in, you know, I'm my whole relationship with Jesus might be in jeopardy. And and that's not true. okay? that, you know, when you put your faith in Jesus, um, he's 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 not going to pull the plug on you if you screw up or if you um, uh, don't obey him in something. Right now. I think what he would want is he would want us to, he wants us to do what he says, right, for our benefit, because he loves us, right? Um, so there are some people, I think, that that tend, maybe it's something, I don't know if it's personality type or, or what it is, or maybe it's upbringing too, it could be um, what someone's experience is possibly with God and church and so on, is that they tend towards just a legalistic mindset. Uh, or some tends towards more license and kind of saying, well, I can do anything I want now because Jesus forg- is going to forgive it, right? But that's not really a, um, a good mentality either, is it, right? So so I, I guess the thing is, is that, you know, I think it's important for us to realize it doesn't matter kind of what your tendencies are there. Um, we should see that we don't have anything to prove to Jesus. If you've accepted him as a as savior uh, there's n- he couldn't love you anymore by what you do okay um and he but he 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 has set his affections on you he loves you he's demonstrated that right and when you put your faith in Jesus and you receive his forgiveness the it, it what what's done is done there's nothing you can do to add to it okay um and again, not to take away from obedience, we're talking about salvation here, right? And, um, and, and I think just to rest in the fact, I mean, wouldn't it be great if on your Sabbath time, whenever that might be, you just reflect on the fact that, you know what? Um, I don't have to do anything to earn my salvation. I, I don't have to do a thing. Jesus did it. And, and just be thankful and praise God for that. There's just nothing you have to do to earn his love. Um, and I think for some people, I mean that may you know that may sound elementary, but I think some people just need to meditate on that because they've had experiences of something, or or just the devil likes to get in there and and um, discourage them that they're maybe not meeting expectations um, and so on. And again, this this doesn't mean anything about like us not trying to strive and be more Christ-like or right? anything. It's not it's not about that. Um, and, and we, we we're going we want to do that, but I think just you're not going to earn God's love okay? He has set his affections on you. I think that's important um, all right now the the next um, verses here in Luke chapter six really have it's another uh, controversy right go, so go to verse six Luke six six to eleven it says on another Sabbath he entered the synagogue. And was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So there's a guy in a congregation. You'd be like, there's somebody in here who's had a hand that's withered up and it's, it's non functional. Okay? So you just imagine how, in a society back then where, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, there were tech jobs and, you know, all kinds of ADA type of equipment that could adapt your life. So circumstance, I mean, it's going to impact your life significantly in terms of probably being able to earn income for your family, okay? So there's this withered, guy with a withered hand in in the service that day. And verse 7, it says, And the scribes and Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find reason to accuse him. Isn't this interesting? Just the whole posture. They didn't want to learn from Jesus. You know, they didn't want to really see who he really is. They're just looking to see if he's going to violate one of the rules. Okay? And that's just uh totally whack. Okay? That's like, can we trap him? You know, that's that's it. We're, they're just looking for ways to trap Jesus in one of their uh legalistic traps. Right? So um and so one of the rules was that you know you could you could. Help somebody, uh, like, with a physical ailment on the Sabbath if they're dying, if they're going to die. Like, you know, if, if it's life or death, you could help them. Well, how, At some point, how are you going to know that? You know, how do you know that, <laughs> the thing that they need help with, right, that you're looking at? They're laying on the ground that they don't actually are not going to die that day. I mean, that's just, that's just stupid, okay? Um, and so. Um, but they were looking to see, because they're thinking, this guy with the withered hand, this is not life or death. Let's see if he's going to heal him, right? Um, and so, uh, and, then it, and then in verse 8, but he knew their thoughts. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just a whole other level of, ooh, Jesus knows my thoughts too. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, come stand here. And and he rose and stood up there. So Jesus is definitely making a point. He's having the guy come center stage. You know, it's not like, okay, I'll talk to you afterwards. We'll deal with that. You know, we don't want to ruffle feathers. No, Jesus is definitely ruffling feathers here on purpose. And Jesus said to them, right, he's saying to the, presumably the people who he's reading their mail, right, he knows what they're doing, what they're thinking. And uh, he says, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? to save life, or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to them, he said to him, to this man, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. So right there, in their midst, this guy whose hand was all, uh, you know, he it, it was just was non-functional. It was functional. Okay, it's just amazing. Right? Um and and you gotta, and I just love the fact, you know, hey, if God wants to do it, all he has to do is say the word. Isn't that wonderful? Okay? Uh, God heals, he can. And um it, it's it's great to pray for healing and I think it's fine to pray for healing and he's able to. Right? Um it's just uh we submit it all to the Lord as to whether that's what he wants to do. In this case, he did. Um wouldn't you love to say to this guy, Oh, well, I'm glad I came to church today. <laughs> Jesus healed my hand, you know? Um, and so uh, it goes on and says, and um, he says, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored, of course. But look what happened to the, the Pharisees. He says, they were filled with fury and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus, right? So they're just totally missing the boat, man. To- they're totally missing it. They're totally missing that God's doing something new. The, you know, this is the Messiah. He's yeah, things are changing. He's fulfilling, he's gonna be fulfilling the law. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And it's totally permissible to do acts of love on the Sabbath, right? I think that's really the point too. It's like, well, what's again, um, the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. And and Jesus is just demonstrating this, and he's demonstrating that he has this authority to to do these things and to and and that human need supersedes religiosity, if you will, right? And so Jesus superseded the Pharisees' extra rules on what constituted work on the Sabbath. And um, I think, too, like I, I know that um, some of us, when we read this passage, now I, I kind of gave you a, a very simple application of the previous few verses, but like, you know, just am I really resting In the Lord, and not having to perform for Him, that I He loves me as I, uh, you know, He's done it all for me, right? Um, But it can be easy for us to think about, well, we really don't have these Sabbath issues, right? uh, Today, in fact, we probably have the other issue of nobody's nobody's shutting it down; everybody's working all the time, right? Uh, um, uh, You know, so but but just think about this, Jesus. Is demonstrating uh, that that you know the gospel power here, the gospel power not just to save, but it transforms lives in all kinds of ways, right? And and we ought to like Jesus demonstrate love and compassion to people around us, whatever the day is, right? Um, I I think what you know again, if you look back at that one, uh, the one parallel passage in the Gospels where he says, you know. Have, have, do you get it? He's like, "Do you get it that I desire um, uh, mercy, right? not sacrifice It's not like the the, the big act of sacrifice, but you know it, what I want to see is you loving people. I want to see you uh, having mercy on people, and it doesn't matter if it's on the Sabbath um, that brings honor to God to, to do acts of mercy and love for people, right um, so uh, we're not bound by rules here on, that were made up by man, but really uh should be the rule of love, right? Uh wasn't Jesus' summary of the law, right? Love God and love others, right? Love God, love others. And um that's and Jesus is just pushing in here and demonstrating that. Things are changing. Things are changing once the Messiah has come on the scene. And these people that have built a structure that was extra biblical, their world is going to come crumbling down. They're, they're, not, going to be, they're not in God's program. Okay? Uh, and uh, they either need to repent of that and jettison that and receive the Savior and the Messiah, right, or they're going to get left behind. And that won't be a good thing they'll okay. get left behind altogether so um so in this passage, just I, I think about this question do you do you follow jesus' loving example of responding to others with love now i you know I think that I mean probably everybody here probably knows like the Sunday school answer, sure, yes. Well, so start thinking about the people in your home. Start thinking about the people in your family. Start thinking about specifically people that live around you. And to say, you know, how, you know, again, not in a performance way, but is there a way that God wants me to, to better love person X? Right? Is there a way that I could demonstrate more my love for that person? Or maybe I'm having a hard time loving that person for particular reasons is there so, God, do a work in my heart so I can love them uh, in word and deed, in word and deed. Now, obviously, you know, you only have so many hours in the day, and so do I, right? Um, so when it comes to loving indeed, there's only so many things you can do. I just think, you know, the best thing we could do is just pray that we would be walking in the Spirit and that we would be able to respond to opportunities to love people. Some things might just be, like, um, come upon you. I, I was coming here for a meeting one Thursday evening, and I, I was driving down Amity Road on the other side of the tracks coming this way, and um, someone had gone off the road and um, had gone off into the field, just like maybe 30, 20 feet into the field. And as I went by the car, I mean, I didn't see them go off the road, but as I went by the car, I saw there's somebody in there. And so, um, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, i got to turn this thing around and see what's going on. And this this um, this uh, lady um, had, uh, she said, I blacked out. I don't know what happened. She rolled down her window. I said, the person said, you know, are you okay? So she rolled down her window said, well, I blacked out. She goes, I've never had that happen before. She goes, I do have low blood pressure, but I've ne- that's never happened before. And so, you know, um, that's a simple example. I did. I prayed with her. I said, I'm the pastor of the church up the road. Can I pray with you? Um, pray with her. She was fine symptomatically. She seemed fine or whatever. And he said, my husband's on the way. He'll be here in just a minute or two. So, uh, but anyway, just, you know, those are like, that was like an obvious one, you know, unless I'm just like, you know, something's wrong in, with me. I mean, I don't have to be at a meeting if something like that happens, right? Um, but sometimes the Lord gives you opportunities like that. Sometimes um, it, it's it's less obvious, right? But maybe somebody has confided in you about a need, right? And confided, in, and and then as you pray about it, it's like, well, maybe I'm that one to meet that need. Not always. You can't do everything, but maybe maybe that's it, right? And but I just think see Jesus here, you know, he he's just kind of saying, you know, loving people, showing mercy, is is sitting above all these extra rules these guys had made up right? Uh, and Jesus is kind of like saying, these, these are kingdom values here. I'm trying to kind of show you uh, that I value these things, not these rules over here that you guys made up, okay? Um, and, and so I just think this is just an opportunity for us to kind of think think about, you know, Lord Jesus, give me your compassion. Lord Jesus, help me to to kind of like be dialed into people like you were. I and mean, we're not we're not the Lord, but you know, we've got the Holy Spirit, right? If you're a if you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit, and and I know the Spirit loves people. <laughs> okay, I know the Spirit, he would, he would long for people to be restored. He would long for people to, to experience God's love in some tangible way. And also to hear the good news of Jesus. He would love for people to hear that. And uh you know, we are God's people, and we are his ambassadors and in and, and, and all kinds of ways, right? All kinds of ways. Um, and so, um, it, it's interesting, you know, when, when people um, where I work, at, 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 you know, when I teach, invariably at some point during the semester, it, it almost without fail, um, the the cat gets out of the bag. This guy's a pastor, okay? And that happened last week in one of my classes. I don't hide it, but I'm like, I am just I don't lead with it, you know, okay? And I even do that with my neighbors because like, you know, people, you know, people do when they find out you're a pastor? They crawl back into themselves. <laughs> it's exactly what they do, okay? Uh, and then I'm saying like, I, I'm not discouraged by that, but it's, it's just a reality. So you just try not to lead with it, right? It's kind of like, and so this was kind of like so in class this week um somebody asked me like do you we have a lot of handouts in the one class think do you make up all these handouts I said no the lead instructors do that's they're 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 the ones that are full time oh you're part time what's your full time job you know and so then I then I said well I'm a pastor I've been a pastor of a church for about 30 years and like about five jaws dropped you know <laughs> you know and, and 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 I think it was just kind of like and I I I I feel encouraged by that because uh, I think this is a real guy. I, I think I take it as that. Um, and and not, that I'd always, not that I'm always on my game and that I'm always having a great attitude, you know, uh, with the students. Uh, but but um, whenever that happens, like, then I'm, I'm even just more diligent because, like, okay, man, I've raised the flag, okay? <laughs> Jesus is, on, is online here and people are watching right and so i'm like okay lord help me to be a good rep for you you know and if i mess up help me admit it and that's the best thing you could do like as if you've raised a flag with family or a worker co-workers, whatever and you and you mess up just own it cuz then you're saying that's why i need jesus <laughs> right i mean it's never fun to it you know it's humbling to admit you know, screwed up or that you know you lost your temper or whatever it was but um you know, there's an opportunity to say, well, you know, I know I'm not perfect um, and uh, I'm, I'm not proud of that moment and I, I'm, I'm sorry about that, you know, um, or would you forgive me if that's needed and, and say, well, you know, I, I realized a long time ago, that's why I need Jesus, right? That's why I need the forgiveness. So, um, all that to say, is that that's just part of loving people, right? You look for opportunities to love people, demonstrate the power of the gospel, you know, and pray for people. Pray. A lot of people will not turn down prayer. They might. I mean, they could, right? Uh, it, it, you know, if it's somebody that's a, a kind of an angry atheist, they, they might not like that. I get that. And that's okay. You can say, hey, I respect that. That's cool. But um, I, I just love to see, I mean, you know, get past the the Sabbath rule-keeping thing because a lot of us can't relate to that because um, it's typically not an issue with us. But But get to the heart of Jesus. When you read these two little passages, right and you see the heart of jesus that he's just all about people he's all about loving them and he's going to proclaim good news in their lives and and to say that's that's what our lives are about isn't it should be as christ followers is just you know um this this uh you know we i think we're just going to end the message right now to say just get out there and love people in jesus name what are you you know what else going to do you know because that's what he wants us to do Okay, Um, and and I know that sounds so simple, but if if we are earnest about that prayer, God's God's going to show up. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna show you people. He's gonna give you people that you know an awareness and opportunities. And so I just say, you know, look for him. Watch God show up. Um, Chris, pray. I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't ask you about this ahead time, but Chris prayed for someone uh that that uh, had uh because i don 't want to give a lot of details uh, it 's not somebody here, but somebody that the lord's kind of brought in my life um and that that kind of got to uh, they i raised the flag with them, and Chris at a small group prayed that I had more interaction with them. you know that person has come up to me almost every time that i've that i 've been in the vicinity Chris since you prayed that okay so i 'm just saying that that also my point is that when you start praying about Things uh, like this, because God just loves to be on display. He loves to, you know, because it's about Him. He wants to get the glory, right? So you pray for opportunities to love on people this week and to to be in a sense the presence of Jesus in their life, the hands and the feet. And you just give God the glory when He does it. Okay, you give Him the glory, and and you just step into whatever that is. And uh, God, Lord's going to have to guide you. Um, you know, you can't dial a pastor and say, is this the time? Like, because I won't know. Because I won't know. I won't. I mean, like, God's working in you, right? He's working in you. And uh, it's an exciting thing to step out and live by faith like this, right? Because of we're it's, it's a life of faith, isn't it? It doesn't just end when you put your faith in Jesus to forgive your sins. It's a life of faith to, to say that God could use us, broken people, People with all kinds of issues. Um, you know, we've all got problems. But he glories in using broken people to take the good news in, in, in word and deed, to display the good news. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, um, we thank you so much uh, for uh, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the fact that he is the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of creation. Uh, He's the Lord of everything. And um, Lord, thank you that he has authority. He has the authority. Thank you that that the gospel, uh, the good news, is, is not something that we earn. It's something we receive. And then once we receive it, it transforms us. And then we have the power then to walk in the way of Jesus, and not perfectly, but um, because we still have our humanity, but we do have the Spirit, and when we're yielded to the Spirit and we walk in faith, you are glorified, Lord. You are seen and become known by others, and Lord, we just ask earnestly this morning, Jesus, bring people in our lives that we can love on in Jesus' name. And I'm sure there are people already there, but help us to love people well in word and deed. And Lord, show us this week, even individuals that may be people already there, but maybe people at our school, there might be people at the bus stop, there might be people, uh, you know, at work, uh, walking down the street when we're walking the dog, who knows, Lord, but we look with anticipation about how you want us to, to use us to love people. And to show your mercy to them. And then to, to give an answer also for the hope that's within us, God. We want Jesus to shine in us this week, Lord. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Thank you for the forgiveness that when we fall short. And thank you, God, that we can find our rest in Jesus. We don't have to perform uh, to be accepted by Jesus. We are called to obedience, but we don't have to earn our salvation. It is done. It is finished. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.